Hello and welcome to episode 214 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbosa and I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. We run a, yes. a, a, tight, a tight ship here. With, you know, we, we do run a tight <laughs> ship. We do. We have to work. I'm running on inverter power. Thank it's the future. Yeah, well, it is the future. I'm keenly watching how much battery power I have left, just in case. It would yeah, be how, real wild how, if how we, we just like, died. <laughs> yeah, uh, still looking good. We still got like four hours, so okay. you know we might we might just make it. Except you know. uh, I'm out in an hour 32, 40, no, 42. So we got to. Really oh, keep I this did real not tight. know that. Okay, well, <laughs> we've got to keep this tight enough that we can hit save right at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at 10 a.m mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, we can do it we've got plenty of time so this is what happens when corruption i don't know <laughs> i mean the, this this, is what there's a lot to unpack S-Con. i don't know where i was going with yeah. that yeah <laughs> not entirely sure where i was going with we that, are but. witnessing the product of no power yeah but no power yeah. mean people in power you know we can yeah. we can go, <laughs> can go deep people in power with no metaphors and puns you know we can just we can dig this hole as deep as we want yeah, oh so God. things are tight, uh, but yeah, we, we're going to finish up this episode. Um, by the time yeah, you're no, listening no, to this, it, uh, it won't be Monday morning for reasons. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. There's, there, there's an embargo we have to abide by. So the episode, um, well, if you're listening to this, you would have known. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> is a bit late, but that's fine. It's still on the same day. It's still a Monday, so it's still technically on time i would say would we blaming the delay on escom as well and saying oh, of course we, we can yeah we couldn't publish I it mean, in if the they, morning if they can delay if they if they can blame no power on things that are completely unrelated then so can we this is the power <laughs> we have what yeah. do they think about it now yeah exactly how the turntables let's go yeah how the turntables <laughs> Uh, it's been a good week. I, I've enjoyed, I'm still enjoying the sort of like rainy weather we've been having. Um, eh, it was, I don't, a, I don't it was it, ma- far less rainy as well this week. We got a good bouts of sun, but without the scorching heat that is mm. associated with that often. So yeah, it's been, yeah, it's a good it's time. Been a bit, bit, bit too rainy for my liking. I do like the rain, but come on, man. It's, it's the last, last month of summer. We're going to get into autumn and. Mm, come mm. on although you ju- you just you just want that that 30 degree weather yeah so i can go swim oh dear god no <laughs> no why what do you want to yeet yourself into your pool like yeah, what's going on here it's good man it's nice i mean to... you can do that now like <laughs> no it's not the same it's terrible <laughs> it's not the same it's not it the same it's just it doesn't hit as hard okay if 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 my clothes aren't sticking to me with it tons of sweat hit, yeah. what's the what's the point even Speaking of clothes sticking, see it pedal later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would have played paddle by this time. First time we're playing paddle. I'm very excited. I can confirm um, Alessandra is terrible at paddle. Yes. Can't get a rally going. I just keep hitting the ball and he hits it out of the courts. What are you talking about? I won the match. I I beat you and you and Frank. So, okay, cool. Frank. I mean, Frank came with his experience and clearly yeah, had none. Frank, Frank's uh, MMR is two point three. Okay, I'm I'm one point five. That app is so wild. It is so cool and so strange at the same time. Like, so it's this app called what's it? Play Playomic. Play, it's Playtomic, not Play. Is it Playtomic? I keep wanting to say uh, Playtonic because that's the 
game developer Play. who made uh, ukulele. Uh, 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 Play Tomic. So yeah, nearly, nearly the same. Yeah, that's a great high fire rush background. Where'd you mm. get that one? Mm. I just started off the internet. Perks of the job, hey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this app, like, we both went through the sign-up process. It kind of like asks you some basic questions like, have you played paddle before? Have you taken paddle lessons before? Which is a quite a strange question. Um, and then big. it's like, how how many racket sports have you played in the past like X number of years <laughs> and this and that? And then it gives you like a base MMR score. Yeah. And the way I understand it is that when you play matches that are marked as competitive, like the one we're playing, you, when you upload your score, your MMR goes up or down mm. effectively according to the MMR of the players you were playing against. So <laughs> I was um, I was showing this to someone at work who's very much in the video game space and, you know, has the lingo, so to speak. Yeah. And he looked at this and he looked at Frank's MMR, which is like two point something and all of ours, which is like 1.1 or 1.2. And he's like, is your friend farming you for MMR? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I think he is. Now that you say it. I mean- <laughs> we are the Smurf accounts. Well, uh, that would make him a Smurf account. He's playing with low MMR hilarious. people. but So, you know. But it is. Thank it, you, Frank, it is for just amazing. farming MMR off, off these newbies. <laughs> it is amazing. And making us pay for it. Yeah, we're paying for the for our demise. But it is amazing that like gamification has reached I mean, I don't know if, if this has existed elsewhere in, you know, traditional tennis or whatever mm. other sports it are. But paddles big enough uh in South Africa and Johannesburg and in Cape Town, I believe, that you know, these ad this app is here, p- lots of people are playing paddle. I mean, I don't know if we've spoken about it before, which is like every second person yeah. like when it's I bump bad. into someone I haven't seen for a long time, we talk like, Oh, how things going? Oh, do you play paddle? I'm like Nine times out of ten, sure. they're holding a paddle racket yeah, in their like, hand. How right did this happen? But it is quite cool that it's been gamified that, you know, if you're big into it, there is a, a ranking system, you know. Mm. Can can I hit can I get big into paddle, hit the matchmaking button? <laughs> rock up at the court and have an opponent waiting for me just like a game you know, that, that's the, what i want to know the app is pretty dope though because but like, like you said i think you can do that because i was looking at the app and there's like a search functionality for games so i guess you can be like i'm at this club and i want to search for games and if there's people who are like well we're looking for opponents you know there's two of us and we're looking and then you like oh your mmr is similar or matches and it's like cool yeah let's play yeah and i that's pretty cool. Like, and then it's all centralized in an app like that is pretty neat. Mm. Um, is it maybe way too much for just a racket sport? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 100%. I go play squash pretty regularly and all we have to do is like log into a really shitty ass booking system and that's it. Um, well, the squash, can't you use Playtonic for... Play topic for squashes. It just said paddle. tennis and paddle. Uh, I think I think the 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 club has to like sign up to play tonic to get support. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh. So Virgin Active with their squash courts, just well, at least the one I go to, signed up to a system that they've been part of for like two decades, and the website feels two decades old. It's so bad. <laughs> um. So yeah. Nice. But I'm actually playing squash on Monday, so would have played two racket sports within 48 sure, hours. Yeah, I'm surprised your MMR is not higher because you're like, I play mm-hmm. a racket sport, uh, play some squash. But how did you get 1.2? Because I'm 1.5. I have no idea. 
I just answered the questions and that's what it gave me. Me too. Like, and it, it's just determined that I am higher than you. So thank you, Platonic. Platonic. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe this. What did you put your fitness level as? Pretty fit. So did you, because there was, there was like, the two higher ones were good and excellent. Did you go excellent? I think I did excellent. I mean, that, I'm, that's I'm, probably why I put I'm, good. I'm a pretty fit dude. I can, I can yeah. run. You can run. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. We'll see if we'll you can see, dodge yeah. a paddle like, racket. Yeah. I, know it's, I know it's not quite the same. Uh, when you do your bullshit shots where you knock a ball out of the actual fucking court and it's legal, <laughs> yeah, you'll see. We'll see. Okay, be, be, cool. You'll see these hands. You'll see oh, these my. paddle rackets. <laughs> yeah, we'll be playing that later, so let's see you later. I'm very keen. I'm mm. very keen. I, I foresee it being a complete shit show considering like Yumi and Shani have never played. Um, I've played but once. But I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it'll be really fun. Looking Frank's going to be like Bowser in Bowser's <laughs> Castle, just hitting paddle balls. Yeah, why do we play so one, be Mario. 1v3? Yeah, exactly. Frank wants I'm in buy him as work for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm keen. Uh, My goodness. Speaking of things that are also games, video games. Nice. Oh, what a segue. Oh, nailed it. Every week. Where do I find this talent? <laughs> Absolute raw talent. Um, I don't know. Continues to be a busy, busy release period. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with the reason that we are oh. putting out this episode late. Oh uh, it's a brand new release right out here on these streets. Matthew Figuera uh, has been uh, investigating. We sent him as in, in as a reporter. He's come <laughs> oh back goodness. from Russia with news of with actual news. Atomic Heart. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to get the footage up here. A very Bioshock looking, not Bioshock game, apparently, according to the developer. Uh, but I will forever look at this and be like, this is Russian Bioshock, because that's what it looks like. I mean, maybe it isn't, because maybe it's not an immersive sim. Maybe it's just a flat out action adventure game. And maybe that's why it's not Bioshock. Um, I, I don't mean, know. It's so, let me, so I'm just trying to get the footage up here. I was, I know, I was I've expect- been trying for <laughs> so long to like give you time. <laughs> There we go. Well, you you threw me uh, off off guard here because I was I was th- thought we were going to talk about that other other wizard game. Oh um, no! But yeah, no. Just, we're talking about this wizard. Just game. just to set the the stage here. So, yeah, there is some question. There are question marks around this game because I think when it was first revealed, I started hearing like, oh, but it's it's a game made by Russian studios. It's been funded by the Russian government. So then when this game got, was announced ages ago, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like, 20, 2017, I think. So yeah, ages ago. ago. So just going to the game, I, I tried looking up. There's no solid confirmation. Okay, there's a lot of questions around the studio, but that's not the point. Um, this game, Atomic Heart, takes place, um, I think it's, it's based in 1955. It's set in an alternate uh, Soviet Union state, so to speak. In mm-hmm. a facility called three eight two six, which so oh, rolls off the tongue, <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. My understanding is that it's it's this is just like a a little tucked away community that does science research um, or something along those lines. I've, I've only put in okay. a couple of hours, um, but the the reason we all feel that this is like Bioshock because like Bioshock had its plasmas and you know was set in an alternate. 1920s 1930s underwater world or an up you know and then like a secluded city. location where like science yeah, could go rampant a lot a lot of very similar parallels here um so but like bioshock had its plasmids uh this game has a, a well 
its technology is called Polymer, which some scientists, you know, discovered. And essentially the, the, the basics of it is you can learn an entire uh, university curriculum with this technology just by taking a, I don't know what it's like, you, 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 for lack of a better description, you can transfer it from a device to your body. Okay. That sounds sick. Um, which is a yeah, very, very cool premise. Um, that it feels very Bioshocky, even just in mm. the setup, because you know, as as most games go, things are all peachy until they're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, it, it is interesting watching this footage. Like it looks very Bioshocky, and it's it's, it's like it's Bioshock like, Infinite, right? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of let Bioshock me, Infinite. Just like you. the scroll it's like walk through the city and see the little parts of what makes it tick before it goes are you ready to have your mind blown i'm on a floating city uh (laughs) of course not a word of a lie okay the game doesn't take place you know you're not here for long but needless to say uh so the the basic premise of the game is this is that there's a big you know quote-unquote update happening a big reveal this polymer polymer is being taken to the next level um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, things go haywire and the robots turn on humans. Because another aspect of this game is that uh, manual labor has been taken away from humanity for, for good reasons, you know, because robots have been invented and they do all the, you know, again, quote unquote, meaningless labor, le- leaving humanity okay. or leaving this community to focus on, you know, just chilling, doing arts and science, that sort of thing. Um, but the robots turn on the humans and hard cut to you. You you are just a your your character. His name is P three. He's got a connection to the scientists, which I haven't discovered yet. But f- it seems that you owe the scientist your life, or he's done something big for you that you are kind of devoted to him. Um, mm-hmm. Because the robots go haywire, and it's on you to help figure out what the hell's going on, and that involves just running and shooting a lot of things um but yeah these robots so, <laughs> are very creepy looking sorry. very creepy um, very um, creepy but i will say like there's definitely a a bioshock feel to it so i'm just i just mm. want to scrub through the footage so you can actually see some action because you'll see what i'm talking about so yeah, audio listeners you're missing out just imagine a modern day bioshock <laughs> and you're there oops that's not the right scene well um, it would be sort of similar time as bioshock infinite i guess mm. Yeah. Um, it feels very similar, but I think what I want to praise this game about first out the gates is the visually, it is gorgeous. Mm. I think it looks it great. It looks really good. And yeah. the art direction is just, it's it's phenomenal. Like, so I know I'm, I'm cutting through the footage here, but there was one moment here when you walk into the one building and you just, I think it, no, it wasn't this one, but there's one building you walk into. And I mean, even just look at Whoa. this, the city, it's just like beautifully designed it looks great a really good like sense of place in this like alternate universe yeah very Um, cool so i I can't give the game enough praise on that front um so i'm I'm very distracted um but yeah in terms of gameplay it it, it's it's gonna draw a lot of the bioshock comparisons because you have a glove called uh, it's funny because it's called Chols, like it's written Chols, but they pronounce the glove as Cholless. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and this glove gives you certain abilities. Like, for example, are you ready? Your first ability mm-hmm. is you can send out a shock from your glove. Very okay, much cool, like Bioshock. Cool. Just like <laughs> the first Bioshock, I could electrocute people. Okay. You can electrocute people, but it's also this glove acts as a vehicle for 
all things you do in this game, at least in my opening hours. So like when I heal, for example, I hold up a pod to my glove and I've got these little nano wires that like suck health out of it. Um, so it like uh. serves as the, the foundation for the game. Um, so they're kind of they're kind of trying to make it very clear that it's not magic; it is just it's, science. It's not, yeah, it's not magic. This is a hundred percent it's science. Um, I mm-hmm. guess that's a key difference. And yeah, uh, I've I've accessed a skill tree. I haven't unlocked a lot, but I know that I will get access to uh, like telekinesis, to fire, to eyes, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the opening hours, I'm I'm quite impressed with the game. I, I it kind of is what I expected, but not that that's a mm. bad thing. Um, and yeah, it's I'm very, very, how, very curious to see where the story goes. How's the how's the combat so far? Because I know from um, <clears throat> from trailers, there seemed to be a very big emphasis on actually melee combat as opposed to ranged so, gun combat. I, I also, in what I've read up in the game, I remember one of the the features that well, one of the the on the box things for lack of a better description, is like, use your resources carefully, you know, because like resources a survival are limited. horror almost. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, I must use my melee weapons more, whatever. But I'm currently running around with a pistol and a shotgun, and I'm not, like, armed to the teeth, but I've got mm. enough ammo that I can just use my guns if I want to. And Do furthermore, they... you, you can craft ammo if you have the resources. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Do they encourage you to do things like shock an enemy and then hit it with a wrench <laughs> i mean it's it's close you know that because you're fighting robots they are weak to shock damage and i know that when i unlock the, the reason i'd unlock the fire perk is because uh, organic enemies which i haven't encountered yet will be weak to fire so mm. there's definitely that balancing of you know you know using the right tools for the job uh, but it, it is interesting that it said you know, oh, you know, use your resources carefully. And I feel that I haven't had that issue. Even, so there are vending machines throughout this world where you can, you know, upgrade your character, craft things, upgrade your weapons, craft weapons. You're right, there's, a, there's an emphasis in melee weapons because I can craft up to three at the moment. Like I don't have resources for the rest, but, you know, I can do that if I want to focus mm-hmm. on that. Um. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> There's melee weapons There's you can craft weapons. them. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is Jason Eccles in the game? I I don't know. I, I'm very curious <laughs> for when you play the game because so for those of you who don't know, uh, about a week ago or this week, uh, a trailer dropped with its, for Atomic Hearts with good guy Jensen Eccles, who you'll all oh, recognize. Jensen Eccles, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you'll recognize from either Supernatural, Supernatural. or The Boys. Yeah. And he's got a very distinct sounding voice. And I think because that trailer's out in the wild, listening to my character, P3, to me, it sounds like him. I don't know if that's okay. just me, you know, putting, putting that on myself, but it sounds like him. But there's been mm-hmm. no actual confirmation. Uh, it would be pretty cool if it is him. Um, it, this it could would... be some interesting uh, boys' canon because maybe while he was <laughs> a prisoner in Russia, they forced him to voice Definitely. a character in a Russian game. Um, but it also just funny enough in Soldier Boy, uh, well, in uh, the boys, uh, Soldier Boys, he's a bit of a dick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, P three also is like very, very cocky, arrogant, bit of a dick. So, <laughs> I I, I was going to ask because he just like survived this gigantic elevator fall. If you've just watching the footage, mm-hmm. and the first thing he did was light a cigarette and take one gigantic drag that had finished the cigarette. Like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will is this Duke Nukem? The, like what's going on? The here? opening of this game is. It, it's like zero to a thousand. It, it starts <laughs> off a bit slow and then you're just moving from one scene to the next, witnessing shit go down as you're watching. Oh my right goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, look, I know, I know we, we pointing fingers saying like, it's very Bioshock infinite. And mm, mm. like, is that a good thing? I mean, to be fair, thing? we haven't like, had one of those in a long time. No, yeah. So. It's like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I love I love the Bioshock franchise. I'm very down for more games like that. Um, mm. So I've, I've enjoyed my opening hours of this game and I do want to know like where it goes story-wise and what other cool things am I going to unlock and do. Will it really be, does look good. Like, yeah. This the visually, it's, it's really good. It's phenomenal. Like I, I don't know how big this, this team is, but man, like kudos to... You know, mm. all, all the design people who I do remember that was the thing that stuck out when it was even in 2017 when it was first like announced like when it was announced it was like oh this is not coming to these consoles there's no fucking way yeah like it, it just looked way too good to go come to old consoles I I think this is only a new gen release if I'm not mistaken that would um, that would make sense to me it's wow I just googled atomic without the O and no heart so it very much knew what I was looking for oh nice um, um i will i will no, last... it is coming to old consoles yeah wow oh, okay yeah. well last thing i'll say surprised. is that looting in this game is real fun look at this so you hold down a button and <laughs> check draws, little tendrils draws. look for things yeah but look how the drawers all open and you just suck everything to you oh they're like pulsate when when they near things that can mm. be opened it's very oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. It's, it's like, like using force powers to loot things. Mm, it's it's very satisfying. It's like how if you that's open cool. all the trolls. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, makes gonna, me, hmm? that makes me wonder, why doesn't Cal Kestis use the force when looting Just things to loot. fall on order? Yeah, He gets no, his robot to do it. That seems stupid. <laughs> what, what, a, what a waste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep chipping away at this um, over the next couple of weeks. I think I've, I've looked mm, at it. I'm keen up. to start it. It's they say the so now this is also with a pinch of salt. The, the developers say like, oh, the the playtime will be like around twenty five hours, and mm. that's that's without looking for you know sort of quote unquote mainlining. I don't know if there's an open world or semi open world hub that I'll get to. I would um, say sub twenty then. In yeah, I'm also terms. like I don't yeah. I don't know. The, a lot of developers tend tend to like be very confident <laughs> and also they're careful because they nowadays people want really long games mm. um so even if a game isn't like super super long people are like like when when forspoken could be completed in like 12 13 hours people are like that's so short and it's mm. like yeah that's fine you know that seems like a pretty normal thing um maybe not for an open world rpg but if this was like 12 13 hours it'd be like yeah that makes sense yeah, um, that's exactly what I would expect something like this to be. I, so. I think it'll be fifteen to twenty hours, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, twenty five seems a bit long for some an experience like this. Um, yeah, because the the pace at which you know the the environments I've I've gone through the all the not narration the, the narrative the characters talking the story unfolding I'm like that is a quite a 
substantial chunk to follow yeah. for or quite a thing to do for 20 to 25 hours but yeah. hey i've i've been proven wrong before when is a very very left field example when final fantasy 7 remake put out that demo i was like there's no way he's gonna keep this up for the whole game and they did and so they did <laughs> they you did. never know you never know but yeah that's atomic hearts uh, it should be out if you're listening to this on the Monday. I think it's out tomorrow on the Tuesday. It's the 21st uh, of April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and as you said earlier, it will be on. You said April. Or, it's 21st I mean, of February. February, yeah. my bad. I'm living in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is It is Tuesday. So what's weird is that it, the engine is described as Unreal Engine 5 and 4. So which is it? Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Know. Anyway, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm keen to keen to give it a go. Um, mm. Have a bit of a, a different type of game to play. Mm. Um, we have also been playing. Well, I don't know if you have, but I've been playing a lot more Hogwarts Legacy. I've I've been playing, uh, but I have not finished it like you have. I'm done with it now. Um, Done it. What did you think? Was it magical? No. Um, <laughs> it's it's not a bad game. It's just not a good one, I don't think. Um, I think we spoke about this a little bit last week, but it's a game that really captures the aesthetic and feeling of the the property the like mm. harry potter potterverse stuff like yeah. it looks the part all the time and it's got mm. all these sort of callbacks that you you'd you'd expect like uh i think last week we we spoke briefly about the intro but like you do the whole sorting hat ceremony you get mm. to choose your house you get to see your dorms this and that you get to attend all your classes so you you know you you partake in duels in defense against the dark arts or you pull out a screaming mandrake from a pot in herbology mm. like all the all the little moments from the films that you like oh that's cute yeah i remember that that's pretty fun that i get to experience mm. that again um those are all there and they're done really well i think um yeah they will absolutely put a smile on your face if if you are well invested into this universe and that's kind of what you want to see yeah um i think where it all starts to break down for me is just pretty much everything else um i think it's an extremely bland open world. Um, when when you're not exploring Hogwarts Castle, which is phenomenal, like that castle and its design and it's, and its well intricacies designed, is yeah. just really, really good, really fun to explore and like pick apart. You go out of those grounds and you're kind of left with Hogsmeade as another big um, uh, city like to hub, kind of explore. Yeah. And that's just... That's just a hub for merchants, really. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not much else going on there. And then there's these little villages interspersed around the really big map, and the rest is just like open fields and forests. Mm-hmm. And it's got all the things that you would expect from a modern open world, like enemy camps to clear out. You've got little side activities like finding telescopes for your astronomy class or finding places to look for constellations for your astronomy mm-hmm. class. You've got um, little Merlin puzzle trials uh, that you actually have to do to extend your inventory size which is obscene to me (laughs) because you start with 20 slots for all of your gear and you fill that up almost immediately because the game is giving you so much gear all the time yeah um so you have to like go and find these merlin trials out in out in the uh the wild and they're just the same 
two or three puzzle templates repeated over and over and over again. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a lot of that stuff. It's like if you've played an open world game recently, if you've played an Assassin's Creed recently, um, it's a lot of that, a lot of repetition just to kind of make things seem like there's a lot to do when in mm. fact the quality of the things that there is is really low, I think. Um, so it, it really depends if you don't play a lot of open world games a lot of the time. And I suspect a lot of the people playing this game don't because there's just so many people playing this game that I don't think it's the general, uh, like it's not the sort of person that buys every single open world game every year. It's the person who buys one or two games a year. Then yeah, you probably won't find any issue with that because you'll have something to play for a very long time. I just think that there are so many ways that that sort of content could have been made way more interesting um, to to kind of like engage with. Then there's also just a bunch of systems that I just don't understand. Like this game is designed around the idea of being a loot-based action game. Um, So you get gear that has numerical values on it and rarities and not unlike a Diablo or a Destiny. So there's this idea that you're trying to min-max everything and that is supported by these mechanics where in the room of requirement, which is sort of like a little player hub that you can Mm. um, alter and make look however you want, there's a, a device there that allows you to uncover unidentified gear, which is insane to me in a single player game. Like, why would you have an unidentified gear? Just yeah. tell me what the gear is. Um, for example, like in Destiny, unidentified gear makes sense because you keep going back to the hub after each mission. Mm. And because it's a multiplayer server-based game, like they're constantly rolling new traits for gear. And that's why yeah. it's unidentified because they make that decision when you choose to identify. In a single player game, it makes no it sense. Matter, like, yeah. It just, just fucking show to me. Like, anyway. Um, you've also got like a loom where you can, um, use like animal parts, like feathers and stuff like that to upgrade your gear. And you've got this whole like vivarium where you keep animals. You literally go out into the world and you're like, cool. These poachers are, (laughs) are caging animals and like (coughs) stealing parts from them. How are we going to stop this? Well, Well, I'm going to take this bag and I'm going to steal the animals first. And put them in my own big cage. I don't care how big, they, my own big cage. Also, that cage can only hold so many animals. So if I can't actually put any more in there, I can go to someone in Hogsmeade and just sell them. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> a very. What? Are we the bad guys? What's yeah, going we the, on? Yeah, we the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, the what's poaching? Going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, I was seen as a viable like alternative to anyway. So you 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 have these animals there, and as you care for them, they give you supplies that they can then be used to upgrade your gear so it's like this whole like system of like cool you ideally you're looking for a way to min max your gear because some gear has traits and you can upgrade those traits and you can add new traits to certain things Mm. and you can buy items that give you new traits to add to gear and whatever and you're like cool i'm gonna get really invested in like upgrading my favorite coats and then you get a new coat and it's better and you're just like well why did i spend all that time and money just doing that like there is no reason to engage with any of these systems because mm. the game is so persistently giving you new gear yeah. and because it's also a single player game so you're going to hit a ceiling like there is no end game multiplayer that you can like sit there and min max your gear for that's what destiny and diablo and games of this ilk do that's the whole mm. reason for these things 
it's not for the single player component. When you play Diablo, you know, you've got all this gear and systems to upgrade it, but you're hardly doing any of that until you're done, like yeah. with the game, and you're just running dungeons <clears throat> over and over again and finding a way to make your player better because he's hit like a level cap. There's yeah. none of that in, in Harry Potter because it's a single player game. Like, I do not understand why these exist here at all. And what's frustrating about it is that you can't really sidestep them in some cases because some quest lines require you to do things that engage with these systems. So like mm. some quests for um, uh, professors force you to go and craft like or certain potions or grow certain plants, which you can buy as well, but they're like really expensive to expensive, buy. And money yeah. seems like very hard to come by in this game, strangely enough. Um, but then those sorts of actions have like real world timers as attached to them as well. Like mm-hmm. growing a venomous tentaculia, whatever, some, some plant that I can throw out to enemies that spits venom at them. It takes 15 minutes to grow mm-hmm. like and cultivate. So real life time. I'm just like, what? Like, and the, the Wigan, Wigan world potion, your mm-hmm. basic healing potion. Like that one is the easiest to craft. It takes. 15 or 30 seconds yeah, 30 to seconds. And you can only do one at a time. Yeah, I'm just like, is. why? Like, what What purpose does it serve to make me wait here at 30? Because I'm not going to go away and come back yeah, it's too after short. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, because there's only, I can only craft one. I can't batch them. You mm-hmm. know, if you can upgrade your, your station in the rumor requirement to have three cauldrons, so you can put three on at once. But the same thing. Am I going to go away for a minute and a half and come back? Come back, Or yeah. for 30 seconds and come back? Like... What you're doing is just making the player wait 30 seconds and just sit there and watch it. Like, yeah. It's like it's real life so potions. <laughs> it's so dumb. I just do not understand the purpose or the thinking behind something like that. Again, in a multiplayer game, the sort of artificial timers are there to kind of, you know, when you're playing something like Destiny, you're going out on a mission and coming back to a hub. So every 30 minutes, you're returning to that place mm. because you have to. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's fine if you put things on. There's, I don't think there's any sort of time-based crafting in Destiny, but it would make sense if you're waiting for something. You're like, cool, I'm going to go finish the strike and come back. Harry Potter, it's like, do I really want to come back to the room requirement every 30 minutes? Like no. I'm out here doing missions, exploring the open world. Like it clashes so much with, hey, you should be going out and doing things that are fun or just picking apart this world. But also there's this room you should probably fast travel to like all the time often. Yeah. like it's just silly um i yeah I, d- I didn't really understand i didn't understand that and that kind of it permeates the whole game because now that your whole sort of open world structure and system is based off of this like loot idea and min maxing everything else needs to be built to support it but it also mm. doesn't feel like it is like the combat never gets challenging to the point where i feel like i always have to stay on top of my gear yeah. you know if if enemies who were on the same level of, at, uh, as me were giving me such grief that I'd be like, okay, let me think about my gear, mm. you know, to get an upper hand, fine. But I can take on enemies like four or five levels above me. And if I'm just relatively smart with the way I dodge, they're not a problem. Like, yeah, yeah they're a bit spongy because, hey, they have way they're more health yeah. than damage I can deal out, but they're not an issue. No. Um, And it almost seems like the game is aware of this because then it starts gating main missions based on your level. Uh, Um, mm. And it doesn't even allow you to start a mission if your level is not the same as what it requires, which is very counterintuitive to 
I think, modern RPG design where it mm-hmm. will allow you to do it. It, like, warns you. Like, again, I'm basing a lot of this off of me playing The Witcher, which is an open-world game from 2015. Like, I can start a quest that is 10 levels above me. It's like, cool, whatever. You do You're you. Die, you will yeah. probably die. Like, you, the odds of you dying, very high. But, you know, it allows people to do this thing in... Um, in the Witcher called, uh, I think I think the community calls it the Death March, where they just like, they take on really, really hard, hard missions and challenges at very low levels to try and complete the game mm. as quickly as possible. And like, that's totally possible. Here, yeah. Hogwarts is just like, no, you can't do that. You have to, you have to be at this level, which means go you have to go and do spells. all the side ta- <laughs> content. You have to go and do all the stuff that you actually don't want to do to continue the game. And it's mm. just like, why? Like, I... Yeah, I I don't know. So like the combat initially seemed really fun to me because you're juggling enemies and you're shooting spells at them in the air. But Mm. after I unlocked all the spells, I just it became more cumbersome because uh, you only you can only equip four spells at a time in a single like loadout. Yeah, and then as you upgrade your talents, you can unlock additional loadouts. I think there's a maximum of four, so you can have sixteen spells equipped at a time. So firstly you have more than 16 spells by the end of it. You have like 20-something. So you can never have everything equipped at at one time, mm. which is strange. But then also when you're in combat, you constantly have to like hold R2, press a, a button on the directional pad to change to a different loadout, and then it mm. changes what spells are mapped to your current face buttons at that time. So you have to remember the order of which you've put all the spells in yeah. all, four, all four layouts, and then you have to kind of like cluster them so that the four that you have in each loadout kind of synergize together, which is a f- relatively fun exercise. Like I'm like, cool, when I switch to this loadout, I'm going to fire off this combo. Or when mm. I switch to this one, I'm going to do that combo. But man, it just makes combat so cumbersome. By yeah, that it's point. not that fluid. It's really not fluid. It's like, because you're using the same button to to like ready your spells that you are to like change loadout. So it just feels inorganic. Um, mm. I, I don't like how it feels at all. And it, ultimately ended up making me just stick to like one or two loadouts as opposed to using all four and then on top of it the enemies never really evolved to the point where i had to change like the enemies you see in the first 10 hours are the enemies you're going to see for the rest of the game like spiders Uh, humans goblins wild dogs (laughs) and then those those (laughs) little bad monsters that that only die when you hit them with fire oh then fairy that's yeah that that's mostly it um, you know, you get a few here and there and there's some bosses that are straight up repeated at times. Like I played uh, a boss in one main quest line and then a few hours later I did another one of those because you have to do like four of these trials as part of the main story. And the boss in the second one was identical to the one in the first. And identical in the way of they only have two attacks, this one only had two attacks. It's uh, like, what? What is going on here? Um well, <laughs> I hope I hope that gives context to why I think this game is just fine. Like, I don't think it's bad. I think people are having a good time with it, and that is entirely okay. Um, yeah, I, I and think people are enjoying the setting and whatever. But I just find this really. It is a lot like a lot a lot of modern open world games, and it's just not interesting. I just don't find it interesting or groundbreaking or 
I don't understand why this game is is getting the scores that it's getting. Put it that way. Yeah. I just I I don't get it. Like people are entitled to their opinion, but I do not understand that mm. uh, at all. Um, so. Yeah. Well, as I'm I'm not done with the game. I'm only I'm about seven eight hours in. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I agree with you on most of the stuff. But only because like I'm not you know I haven't been exposed to the game as long as you have. Um, so yeah, to echo what you said, I think they nailed the the setting like if you someone like me who's read the books like countless times over the years watched the movies it feels really cool to walk around hogwarts and like i've made a point of i try not to use like i know this sounds ridiculous but i'm trying to learn the castle because i want to know what it feels like to know mm. what the car like how it's laid out how do i get from a to b without how a student would navigate it yeah, yeah. How it is, and that's it's really cool that i can do that because they've really like you know, for the lack of a better ex- expression, like handcrafted, you know, hand carved this whole hub. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also what you mentioned earlier, that's like nail on the head is that a lot of people playing this game are not, and I, I use this term not like in a negative way, but like not a hardcore gamer. Like it's somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, they game, whatever, but they don't play like Assassin's Creed or a typical open world RPG. So for them, it is like, oh my God, like, this Look is a, the things this I can is do. a Harry yeah. Potter game. Like I can't believe there's so much content stuffed into it. Wow, they've thought mm. of everything. Mm. But when you like, this is the only way I can frame it. If this wasn't called Hogwarts Legacy, if this was just a, it's a wizard open world game. Cool, you get to go to a castle. Like I know we would always compare it to Harry Potter, but just imagine there was no connection to the RP at all. I don't know if it would have reviewed as no, well, not or at all. if not at all. You know, or if people would have showered it with as much praise. <laughs> But I think that's why it's getting the high numbers because, like, there is a level of nostalgia and love for this franchise from like countless yeah. people. Like, I'm, I'm dying to see what the sales numbers on this are because I think it's going to be massive. Like, oh, it's, it's going to be gigantic. Be, it's it's going to be, be way bigger than any of us think it will be because shit. The number of I mean, you've said it yourself, not not on the podcast, but the number of people we've both seen playing this game. Like, I didn't even realize you gave two shits about this franchise yeah all. i know yeah. friends who like went out and bought i'm like i didn't even know you'd liked harry potter like mm. but i think just because even on that front just the buzz around the game like for good or bad it's got people going like oh like there's this open world hogwarts game like let me try it out i think it's gonna it's gonna sell hugely um but yeah, yeah. so no, i i think this is going to be a success for mm. pretty you know avalanche studios and warner brothers <laughs> and that's that's totally fine. So I, I, don't, um, I don't know where the story goes, but I, I'm 100% sure there'll probably be a sequel in some capacity, whether it's the mm. same wizard or same story or another setting. Like, I don't see them not following up with the sequel at some point. Um, maybe not a stri- strictly open world game, but a Hogwarts or a game set in this universe because they'll go like, oh my God. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to follow this up with something. Something, um, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Which I, so just from my side, like, I'm still enjoying the game. Um, but, but again, I'm, I'm only like seven to eight hours in. And mm. I, I've really enjoyed, I mean, even, even watching Lenska play, just like walking out of Hogwarts and going, oh, I can walk to Hogsmeade. That's really cool. Like, can you I fly can, a broom yet? I, I can't, but I've seen Lenska fly a broom. Yeah. I'm like that's okay. like it's cool that there's this whole world here. Like it's it's everything in the book how I've imagined it, but now I can actually walk through it. Like that's yeah, that's neat. Um, that part of it is really cool. Even yeah, yeah even even like I I know 
we can we can criticize the the quest and the mechanics but i'm still somewhat amazed that play having played it now that they've made it work and that it's a hogwarts game like they've found mm. a way to structure it because I, I wouldn't have known like how to do a game like this mm. um mm. whether it's good or bad like i know people will get mileage depending on like we said if, if they've played a lot of rpgs or not but yeah, I, I'm I'm keen to keep chipping away, and I'll I'll check back in and you know, do I agree with you? Or do I go, are you mad? <laughs> this is game of the year content, yeah. Uh, but listen, I've been seeing people say that, and I'm just like, eh. but again, it's it's such a thing, and like again, I throw this out. I don't mean to be like an elitist, like oh, you're not a hardcore gamer, but I'm like, are people who I've seen making such comments on, but i don't know like how many games do you play that you can just throw out like this is game of the year but but that that's also that's also important context to keep in mm. mind is like we come at it from a space where we are playing yeah. we are in probably the upper one percent of how many games we play exactly. compared to the rest yeah. of people and you know it like as a critic do you do you take that into account in your criticism i don't think you can because you're still critiquing Mm. like the product in question but it is a good thing to keep in mind for context like when people go why are so many people playing this game it's like well yeah it makes sense like a lot of people don't play a lot of games and when they see it attached to a high profile property this is why so many games are coming out attached to properties like Mm. marvel's avengers or you know harry potter and why i think it was jeff grubb who said uh, recently on a podcast that that shit's going to happen more because it draws in people like this that that is the hook you know well, what i mean that's as opposed to a an assassin's creed which it being a mega franchise that it is it doesn't have that sort of draw anymore but slap harry potter on a game that is quite similar in structure to a lot of modern assassin's creeds and it's suddenly a very big thing again because yeah. it feels novel because of the the setting and the way it, it interprets mechanics um mm. well it, yeah in the same vein that's why we're seeing more uh, gaming based tv shows like yeah absolutely the last of uh, like the best example is the witcher when that came out that just put the witcher through not that the witch through was never on the map but it put it back on the map because the, the sales whole, just skyrocketed whole again, audience yeah. going oh shit i can play a game based exactly on, well i can play yeah. the game that this show is based on and it's the same for the last of us people watching the mm-hmm. show going oh shit this is based on a game i want to play it i want to see also, what the sales you, numbers look like now i i would say the majority of people i've spoken to about the last of us do not even know it's based on a game like <laughs> when i say that i'm like oh do you know it's based on a game they're like, like what? what really it's like no one like we live in such a weird like very big like Video games are not this niche in your basement type of thing, you know, bubble anymore. But the bu- it's still a bubble. It's still a bubble. And people bubble, exist yeah. outside of that bubble. Mm. Um so it's good to keep in mind. And yeah, I listen, Hogwarts is almost definitely going to do well commercially. Oh, yeah. Um critically it's done well, better than I expected, to be honest. Same. Um but I do think not everyone has to agree on the the bar of quality that means. And by the same token, not everyone has to think it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's very average. And that's yeah. about it. That's as much as I can say about it. Yeah. Nice. I'm happy to be done playing it. That's, that's <laughs> literally all I can say about it. My goodness. How many hours yeah. do you think you put in just for interest? Sake? About 30 okay that's uh, i think that's about it's a it's a it's a long game it's mm. and there's loads more to do like yeah, i, I think, you, think people can double that number easily yeah i was gonna say i think yeah. 60 70 is probably the ballpark yeah. for 
doing everything that game yeah absolutely yeah no there's there's a shit ton you can do if you really want to mm-hmm. um are, is all of that stuff engaging Pfft, your advantage may vary there i don't think yeah. so but yeah cool, cool. that i is think those are the two games eh? legacy yep mm, there was another game that came out this week that i really want to play um called wild, wild hearts Oh, yeah. The that's, Monster Hunter thing. It reviewed very well. Like, mm. very, very well. And it's got some mechanics in there that make me really want to check it out. Like, I saw in a lot of reviews, you can build, like, three crates. Mm. Like, a three by three crates. And then you automatically run up it. And then you can do, like, an aerial attack onto an enemy. And I'm like, shit, that looks mm. cool. Yeah, I think... So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very keen to try it. But do I have the time to play uh, another 100 hour monster hunter-esque game <laughs> absolutely <laughs> also uh, yeah do i have the time no will i try it and probably get hooked Pro- probably i mean <coughs> this is me we're talking about uh <coughs> should we move on to game releases? games out yes so we are looking at uh let's look at february 18th up until i think it's the 24th yeah I am right. February 18th until the 24th. Yeah, that's it's quite a, a big week. Quite a big week. Oh my God. It's actually a very big week. <laughs> this is a gigantic week. Oh my goodness. Okay. <clears throat> Let's fly through this. Ex Natura, Nature Corrupted, PC Early Access, February 20th. First big game for the week, Like a Dragon Ishin. Nice. Come to PC, PS4, PS5, Xboxes, February 21st. This is the remaster slash remake of Yakuza Ishin from 2013, 2014. But that oh, only released what? on PS3, PS4, and only in Japan. Japan. I thought it was other yeah. than that for some reason, but that, that makes sense. Uh, seems to have reviewed well. Some people saying it's slightly dated, but still mm-hmm. very, very engaging. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, Atomic Heart that we spoke about earlier, PC, uh, new gen and old gen consoles, February 21st. Aka R. Aka R. PC, consoles and Switch, February 21st. Another big one for the week, PlayStation VR 2. Nice. Which did not review especially well. Oh, hasn't it? I haven't actually... Read reviews I think or... I think the majority of the reviews all agreed that the hardware was incredibly impressive and the visual presentation was really impressive and the way it seamlessly connects to your PlayStation is really good even though you're still kind of tethered with one cable. Mm. The problem that I saw most of them pick up was that there are just no real no software games. reasons to buy this. There are no games that are enticing. The Horizon game is not one of them. Um, there's no killer app. So... There's already questions over how long is Sony going to support this because the launch lineup is this lackluster, mm. you know. Sony played and especially given it. its price, it's $550 <laughs> headset, 12000 and something rand locally. So that's a lot of fucking money to invest in something plus the price of a PlayStation 5 oh, yeah. and then look at your library and be like, well, what do I play? I do think this headset is really, really cool for people who missed out on PSVR entirely or mm. VR en masse entirely. Yeah, because then you can play things like Tetris Effect and Thumper um, and Pistol Whip um, for the first time, and those are still yeah. really fun VR games. 
but it seems VR games haven't come away since then. So if you've played those, yeah, there's no. nothing here so for you. We were actually talking about it at the office saying, would it not be a good move from Sony? Like I know it would be completely unexpected, but if they made their headset compatible with PC, for example. That's what a lot of people have been saying. And like, it seems... It so there was a, a modding community that managed to get the first PSVR working on PC. And I think they released a, like a, a comment on this a week or so ago. And they're like, don't expect this to happen for years. Um, yeah, like from, from a third party's perspective, they're like the way Sony has locked down this thing is just unbelievable. Like they mm. just not, not even don't think they're going to bother trying. Um, sure. It would, it would make a, a ton more sense. Cause then you could just plug it in there and play all the steam VR games you have on steam. Mm. Um, I do not know. And this is part of the problem. It's a very expensive headset that's locked to a platform that Sony could absolutely just decide to shutter yeah. whenever they want. Um, Yikes. And they they did exactly that with PSVR. They did not support that thing super well. Mm. So there is precedent. Um, I really Hectic. thought the launch would be better. I really thought at the very least Half-Life Alex would be here. Like, yeah. that is, it's absurd that that hasn't been even mentioned not like oh it's a missing launch but it's coming if you must said it they have not said a thing about mm. a port of that and that just is crazy to me so yeah because i mean that's like the one vr game I that is that, the that is know. the big vr game that people want to play um and the sort of thing that made me you know the the the, the oculus quest was 100 percent worth it purely because i got to play that mm. um so yeah nice. i don't know hello cat Hmm. Just got this what a unit. unit that keeps jumping on my desk. That's funny because I feel like it's an infinite loop. <laughs> you just keep yeah. putting yeah, him he, down. He, he keeps he keeps jumping back up. He's going to do the exact same thing. <laughs> now he's trying a different avenue. Fucking That's you. so funny. <laughs> oh, so um, we had PlayStation VR 2. Uh, Redemption Reapers, PC and PS4, uh, February 22nd. Blood Bowl 3? I, I feel like Blood Bowl comes out like all the time and I just I, I feel like it's a Groundhog Day effect. Like Yeah. I I feel like Blood Bowl 3 came out ages ago, but I guess not. So maybe it's Blood Bowl 2. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh Remorse, Colon the List, the list. February twenty third on Xbox uh and Switch. Aces and Adventures coming to PC February twenty third. Nice. Company of Heroes 3, PC. Also quite a big launch for the week, February 23rd. Um, Octopath Traveler 2. <laughs> My God, this week. This game um, reviewed very well. Yeah, extremely, extremely well. Um, it's coming out on PC, PS4, PS5, and Switch. It's not a Switch exclusive, actually. The first one was, hey. It uh, only came out on Switch I think it first. launched on Switch, but then it, it was... It came everything, to everything yeah. after that, yeah. Cliven Wrench coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, February 24th. <laughs> Lootbox Life Plus, PC, PS5, Xbox, and Switch, February 24th. Another big one. Uh, wait, hold on. This is on the list it's, twice. It's listed twice. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Uh Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, Nintendo Switch. This is a remaster of a 3DS yeah. game, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm always down for more Kirby. Hello, Keen. Good boy, Kirby. Kirby. The Pale Beyond coming to PC February 24th. Mm-hmm. Atelier. R- 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 I know there's a, a way to say name. this name. Atelier mm-hmm. Riser 3. Colon, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key. Wow. 
That's a name. Put that on a fucking box. PC, PS4, PS5, and Switch. And then the last one for the week, uh, Kerbal Space Program 2 coming to Steam Early Access on PC February 20. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. The only big, big thing left for this month is Destiny 2 Lightfall. So sure. Space roll on over to March and we've got Wulong and Resident Evil and stuff. Nice. Pepper the Pig or Pepper Pig. <laughs> Cool. Loving, I'm loving the sass in that tail that I just saw on the screen. Yeah, I've given now. up. I'm just, I'm just trying to avoid him, like walking on a keyboard an where, key, and, yeah. and and actually like deleting something. You know, My that goodness. would that would not be ideal. Hmm? Cool. You you just want love. Shall we get to? We should get to gaming news. Yes. Um. What? Should we headline with this week? Hmm. Um, uh, this I actually was kind of know. like <laughs> but a little bit mediocre this week. Um, I guess we should talk about whether or not E3 will happen or not because Ubisoft seems to not think so. Or uh, at least their, their yes. wording in, in, in a Q&A was kind of like strange. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, so the headline of this article is Ubisoft confirms it will be at E3 if E3 happens. The very, yeah. very strange thing to say for a show happening in June. Uh, yeah, you know, and towards- very, very uncommitted <laughs> from Ubisoft's side as to whether they're like, going it's to only, be at said show. It's like only three, four months away. Like I know it's, it's a couple of months, but I imagine the lead time, like you would know yes or no if you're going to yeah, be Yeah, you not, would know so. absolutely by now. Um, I, I, I do know that since... Since this uh, comment, um, Readpop, who are the organizers of E3, have come out with a statement and said E3 is definitely happening. So maybe Yves Guillermo was just, I don't know, fucking just having a bad day. Or <laughs> I, I have no idea why he made this comment. And I know for yeah. a fact that people asked him for a follow-up and they just said no comments. So it's like, what? <laughs> just clarify that you like made a mistake or I don't know. Anyway, he uh, on a Q&A, earnings Q&A call, Yves Guillemot basically said, if E3 happens, we will be there and we'll have lots of things to show. Hooray. That's cool. Ubisoft yeah. will be at E3 to show off Skull and Bones again. Nice. I, I don't know. This E3, so I mean, to, if you guys forgot to go back to, was it a couple of months ago or was it a beginning of this year? The big, the big three won't have a presence. Yeah. Which, I mean, that hasn't happened for a but it, I know, but it's just like so. if E3 is going to have this huge comeback, like you need at least a Nintendo or a Xbox or a I Sony. mean, Microsoft will be next door. They'll probably be involved <laughs> in some capacity, but not not having Nintendo there is a weird one. Mm. Um, like their booth was gigantic. And even the very last E3 I attended, which was the last one held in person in 2019, which is insane to think that it was that long ago. Yeah. Um, Nintendo had a booth there. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't as big as previous years, but they had a lot of floor space. That's where I played Silk Song for the first time. Um, you son of a bitch! I remember coming back <laughs> from that, and I was like, Silk Song's probably close to launch. Hey, like I played it, and <laughs> oh it seems God. pretty fucking good. Twenty nineteen, <laughs> four years Ooh. later, like what the fuck? That's so far, yeah. please yeah. this year, Silk Song. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus, we can only pray. We can only um, pray. But yeah, I suppose. Ubisoft will have some stuff to show there. Like you said, Skull and Bones. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Skull and Bones, maybe 
Uh, maybe oh, you know what they could show off there because that's coming out later this year. I think is uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, the, yeah. like smaller scale, back to mm. basics one. Which cool, yeah, I'm down for that. Mm, They'll probably show off more mm-hmm. Splinter Cell remake because they are remaking <laughs> the first one. Um, <coughs> there's also the the new crew game that they announced that they can show uh, off. I guess vroom, vroom. so they cool. have a lot. Maybe they can tease us with Beyond Good and Evil two again. You know, pretend that it's still alive. Just show us the same. We just do the same showcase they did in 2019 and call it a day. You know, we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Fucking hell. Um, um, yeah. Cool. Should we move on to Metro Sequel? Yep. So, a Metro Exodus Sequel is fully playable already, according to a report by Insider Gaming. Uh, this comes from GameSpot reporting on that, uh, I guess. Um, there's a suggestion that a 2024. Full release date is possible for the Metro Exodus sequel, which is crazy. Um, yeah, and it seems to be seems to be a very similar type of game. Uh, you know, survival, stealth, crafting, mm. all of that. So, yeah, nice. Uh, apparently, in 2019, the author of the book series confirmed that there was a sequel game in in development. So this is no real secret. And considering how Exodus was pretty. Um, well received. Um, mm. It's not surprising that there would be a sequel. Out, yeah. Uh, the fun fact: the author of the books is on a wanted list by Russia for criticizing the country's invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> cool, nice. Uh, four games have said that Metro Exodus has sold over six million copies, which I think is pretty great cool. for that franchise, yeah, Metro, considering how niche it is. Yeah, that's interesting because. Was Metro Exodus not on Game Pass as well? Uh, I think it still is. Because then, I don't know if that counts, you know, if does that count as the sold No, I don't think, I don't think so. So if not, then shit, that's really good. Six million copies yeah. over and above however many people played on a Game Pass. That's huge yeah. for like a, a double A studio. It's a it's Good a great game. Like mm. I, I really loved um, 2023 and Last Light, which were completely linear games and i think they transitioned to open world mm. quite nicely i think i think they they ran into the sort of same issue that gears 5 did, or not as bad as get gears 5 but they had these big open world hubs but not much to do in them mm. um so it was like a open world so to speak that only really allowed you to travel from one set piece to another set piece so it's like yeah. why have the open world at all yeah um but I think they did enough cool things in each one, and at least each little like biome was different enough that it made it interesting. And the, I mean, the combats and the story were just top notch. Still, yeah. so yeah, nice, um, cool. So that's coming soon-ish, I guess. Want to um, talk about this Ragnarok lo- nonsense? Ragnarok, cool. Um, this is quite interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> God of all Ragnarok devs weren't aware of overly chatty companions until launch, which I, I can buy into this because so absolutely. If if yeah. if you don't know, I think there were some criticisms uh, around. You'll walk into a room and then your sidekick at the time, whether it be a Atreus or whoever, be like, "Oh, you got to do this." And you're like, but I haven't even had a chance to. I, I literally haven't even looked at the. I haven't puzzle even yet. looked at the puzzle, and it's telling me. Um, but I can believe this is missed because if you think how many people play a tester game versus yeah. you know compared to an entire player base of millions it might not be obvious 
or even even Absolutely. even like I don't know how the actual flow of playtesting works, but I think in isolation you might miss it as well. Mm. Like mm. unless you're playing the whole game, you'd go, oh, like listen, a trace is a bit chassis. Could you just yeah? I, I think it's when you start going from one puzzle to the next and mm. connecting like okay, they are actually really, really fast or very overly chatty with this sort of stuff. If you're playtesting singular puzzles uh, in isolation from one another, you might the playtester might have just, just thought, oh, okay, this is how it works. But like, yeah, know, in a or, sequence... Or know, the playtester might go like, oh, it's nice that they've, they've left uh, an audio cue for people who might not figure it out. <laughs> mm. I, um, yeah I, I agree with you this is something that I could completely see how it was missed in QA um, mm. especially because in development even with QA you try and get a lot of like external QA to try and yeah. see these issues because oftentimes when you're working on something so single mindedly you fail to see how the wider audience might like interpret or play it uh, or yeah. use a thing so I know in my work like I will develop something and you know, be so entrenched in how it works and then immediately a client uses it in a way that is so foreign to me and I'm like, didn't even think about didn't that. Didn't think about you it, know? yeah. Um, and that, I don't think game dev studios, even some of the best ones out there like Sony Santa Monica are immune to something like that. So yeah. but it's I cool think- that they came out and said, hey, yeah, we totally missed this. Um, <laughs> but this is but yeah. clearly a problem facing uh, Sony games because Horizon Forbidden West had the same problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's just raining yeah. the the audio cues. I think. See, they they said here. So who who was this? It was um, the Ragnarok's narrative director Matt, Matt Sofos. 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 He basically says that towards the end of a project, contractors start leaving, and we just didn't get it tuned well enough. It didn't get exposed to us really until the game came out. Even when we had play tests, we never saw feedback about the characters talking too much. So they had play tests. They had mm. external people coming in. And no one brought it up. So yeah. like, at that at that point, like, that's not to say it's not an issue. It's just like in the small subset of people that we got to play the game, they never found it an issue. But in a wider audience, yeah. Cool. Um, shall we touch very quickly on? Do you like Civ? Uh, if you do, Civilization no. Seven has been confirmed. One more turn. Cool. Um, but also comes with the news that the de- what is the designer Jake Solomon has departed the mm. studio. You said to me before recording, for, he's been there for twenty years. Twenty three years. <sighs> yeah. Like, oh, so he's he's been there on Serve, on XCOM, on Marvel's Midnight Suns. Jake Solomon is like on, almost synonymous with with Firaxis. Sure. Um. So it is strange to see him go. Um. And I just hope that this isn't a direct result of maybe Midnight Suns not hitting the sort of uh, yeah. performance metrics that uh, Take Two expected. So, yeah. Uh, basically, in his statement, he said, I'm the luckiest kid who ever lived. XCOM was my favorite game growing up. It's why I'm a game developer. Marvel Comics made me a dreamer. And those characters feel like an extended family. So he got to work on the things that mm. he loved. And I guess you can't ask for much more of it than that in a career especially one that is 23 years long yeah i wonder where he's i wonder to, where Firaxis goes from here but uh, even for him like does he is he out of game dev or is he gonna start his own studio mm. is he gonna join somewhere else a lot of these things happen and these people end up just starting their own studio or doing something yeah yeah, yeah. 
be interesting to see. Um, shall we go to this bit of news? Microsoft seeks to explain its own admission that Xbox Game Pass lowers base game sales. Um, I don't know. I, I briefly saw this this week. Uh, Microsoft submitted that its internal analysis shows a redacted percent decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass. I mean, yeah. So the- I think I think a lot of this is hinging on something that Phil Spencer said almost five years ago now. Um, so at at the time he was talking about Forza Horizon 4 coming to Game Pass, mm. which ultimately led to increased sales of the game, not fewer. Now he was talking within a very specific window, like at launch. So this was yeah. the quote, like to not mince words. When you put a game like Forza 4 on Game Pass, Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game. You say, well, isn't everyone just going to subscribe for $10 and go play the thing? But no, gamers find things to play based on what everyone else is playing. So as Eurogamer points out here, Spencer is not talking about in-game sales or mm-hmm. over- overall revenue. He's just talking about game sales being boosted by the inclusion in Game Pass purely because people are playing a thing and they are talking to other people and being like, you should play this thing or my friends are playing this. So, you know, mm. hey, I'm going to buy it and play it. Now, he's talking about at launch, yeah. which is definitely possible. Um, when extrapolated over 12 months, that probably doesn't at all like check out. Um, mm. And especially so now that when he was talking about Game Pass in 2018, Game Pass was a lot smaller. It was yeah. still this very much, tiny. it was mm. probably sub 10 million subscribers. They're at over 30 million now. Mm. So the odds of people buying a game and not still being subscripted to Game Pass are much, much lower yeah. when you consider the install base of Xbox games and not counting PC. Yeah. But I, you know, I think. Microsoft said this, uh, basically it says here in the Eurogamer story, Microsoft does not dispute its claim to the CMA that Xbox Game Pass leads to fewer sales of a game, but says its subscription remains an attractive option for uh, for developers seeking to release the game within it. Now that's the important part because developers are the ones who are actually loving this. Yeah. Um, There is a publisher um, called No More Robots, I think, and their like lead, I think his name is Mike. Mike something I've forgotten now. Uh, Mike. His surname something. <laughs> Mike. Uh, Mike Rose. Um, he's very vocal about uh, Game Pass mm. uh, because all of the games they have launched as a publisher have launched on Game Pass, and he says it's a no-brainer. Yeah. He basically says the the sort of financial security you get up front offsets the potential of any lost sales tenfold. Yeah, and it, it and, puts you on the you know, map. I think that's maybe not true for all developers, but I think if you're designing a game with that in mind, like this is X amount we're going to get from Game Pass for putting it there day mm-hmm. one. This is what our development costs are. These are our projected sales. Let's like make this balance. Yeah. Then I think it definitely works. Um, mm-hmm. his, his latest tweet, which was in direct response to these articles, was... All I can say is we're aiming to get every single title we publish from now on onto Game Pass. In doing so, we'll secure success for each title and relieve immense pressure for the developers. But please, gamers, continue continue to explain why it's bad for us. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. I think the people that are in the system would know better. You know yeah, what I mean? No, 100%. So, like, I, I do think it is definitely you're looking at a trade-off between raw sales and player numbers. But if 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 the money Microsoft is offering, offering developers makes sense, then sure, that makes sense. And I yeah. think it makes more sense for smaller games than, you know, AAA ones. Mm. And at the end of the day, I think Microsoft is more concerned with getting people on Game Pass on a subscription as opposed to one single $60 sale. And yeah. that is the subscription model. It's always been that. So... I mean, and the subscriber numbers are only going up as far as I know. But it could also explain why Sony's so, like, terrified of this. Yeah. Um, because they are just like, the math on their end doesn't balance. They're mm. just... The money they spend on on a game like God of War... And they see, okay, well, if we put out a tier of PS Plus that is $10 and we have way more consoles out there, way more people willing to pay their subscription, yeah, we'll probably hit like 40,000, 50,000 subscribers pretty quickly. But the sales of something like a God of War that sells 12 million copies in the yeah, first well, week absolutely plummets. Exactly. Whereas a Forza Horizon doesn't sell that in its mm. first week anyway. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Interesting times. Um, I didn't have this on my list, but uh, no, you added it. Valheim gets a March release date. Yeah, uh, it's coming to Game Pass and well, Xbox. I thought this game was out. <laughs> it is out on PC. Oh, on PC. Okay. Oh, so it's coming yeah. to console now. Yeah, it this came out is, on PC in 2021. I love this. Bjorn again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this so is a good. game I think you would actually quite enjoy because it's like. Yeah, it's like the the survival crafting of like like the forest, you know, all mm. grounded, but with more structure, almost again like grounded, like definite objectives to kind of follow. Like these are bosses in the world that you should yeah. go and defeat and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think so. Yeah, it's apparently I played it a little bit. It was quite fun. Um, this is but, the Norse yeah. game, right? Valheim. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, a uh, quick, quick sidebar. Isn't Sons of the Forest out soon? No. Did it get delayed? Because no. it was meant well, to come no, out. They, yeah, it was meant to come out in March. Yeah. But they've changed it now to an early access launch. Oh, okay. Like, well, still keen to play yeah. that. Cool. So Valheim is, well, it's got a March release date on Xbox Series XS and Game Pass. Nice. Um, quick, quick last bits of news. Um, Valentine's Day was this week. I just <laughs> threw this in here for fun because there was an Overwatch 2 dating sim. Uh, I Love think it. I had a quick read. It wasn't in the game itself. I think it was a separate app or browser-based thing. Um, Lover Watch, love <laughs> called, never dies. Oh yeah, called Lover Watch, starring um Mercy and Hanzo, looking real cute in like this dating sim. Uh, I don't know if it's still up, but. If you want to romance against your mercy, now's your time to shine. My goodness. That's so cute. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate, like, I think Overwatch gets a bad rap, like, I guess rightfully so, because their, their seasonal content has been very stale. You know, like, every year you're going to get Lucio Ball, and every year you're going to get um, Junkenstein. Like, it's never Are been Are they still different. doing Lucio Ball? I'm pretty sure it's a yearly annual thing. So to see like, oh, here's something different. That's cool. Like I like that. Oh, the, the game is still live, by the way. I just went to the websites and because it's like an embedded thing. You just uh, play it on okay. the website and it's nice. definitely still there. Who, you, who are you going to romance? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a 
It's a personal question, Matthew. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, and then in last bits of, I guess, Nintendo e-news, uh, there's a, a Tetris movie coming out. Yo. This trailer yeah. dropped this week. Um, and this, you, you gave me a very brief, oh my God, where did your, your picture go? You gone. I there know. You <laughs> there you are. Um, this details how Tetris was taken out of Russia. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It it follows um, a Dutch publisher. I can't recall his name now. Um, essentially trying to get the game sold globally, which eventually mm. puts him on the doorstep of Nintendo and very much in the in the crosshairs of the Russian government during the Cold War as he mm. tries to to um, smuggle the game and its developer like out of the country. So, mm. yeah, it, it's cool. It, the, the movie looks like a, a Cold War thriller almost, um, which is quite fascinating. Um, there's, I mean, if you're watching the video, there's a shot of Howard Lincoln, the old president of Nintendo America, uh, mm. showing off the first Game Boy. Um I think it's cool. I think it looks really, really fun. It's a mm. crazy story, this, for Tetris. And, I mean, Tetris, as you know, is, that I would say, part of the reason why the Game Boy sold what it did. It was a global phenomenon. But is it um, not? And like, still is today. I think Tetris is not like the best-selling game or of all time. something. It's like, it's definitely Probably. up there because it's on, I, yeah. It's a it's a phenomenal game still today, I think. There's yeah. just so much depth to, to that game, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's out on Apple TV in like the end of March, I think. And I think it's going to be at cinemas as well. So, yeah. That All right, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to watch it. Mm. Um, and then last piece of news for this week. Do you like uh, Nintendo? When are we oh, when, do when are we hitting a Super Nintendo world? <laughs> Jesus, how much money do you have? So how much money Flights. do you have? So if, if you didn't know, um, Super Nintendo world is a theme park. That it's has, the second what, one now. Is it the second one? In, yeah. So there's yeah, one. Because one in Japan. Japan, yeah. And this one is now opened in the states. It opened yeah, last week. LA. Or this week. Um, I'd love to go. Shit, I would kill to to do. You know, look at these rides. These Mario like, Kart racer. Mario Kart with like a <laughs> VR headset on it. Uh, it looks so sick. Yeah. And there. just like lots of cool themed stuff around the park. Mm. Um, lots of cool themed. Uh, um, Beverages There's, and food and all of that. So. It's like a proper. This is, little, a, this is at Universal. We've actually been uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now we got to we got to go back. E three twenty twenty four. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I know. I know. Darren is is uh, hankering to go to E three and hit this this park after. Take us yeah. with you, Darren. Win that win that yeah. uh, Powerball and take us with you. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I'm ready. <laughs> cool. Um, that's all the news. That's all the news for this Means week. Moving on to questions. If you would like to send us a question, you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com uh, or you can find us at checkpointchat on all of our social channels. What is on the document? Basically, today? all of the patterns. We actually have two questions today. So, number Aye. one, we got a question from, I'll pull it up, good guy at Jared Brapra on Twitter. Brapra. Who writes, hey guys, great to be listening to y'all in 2023. Love to see it. Nice to to have you listening. (laughs) Uh, What game was recommended to you by someone that you struggled with or didn't enjoy? Um, I took your guy's recommendation for Tunic, which is a great game, thanks, but struggled and gave up at the ghost multi-boss arena thing. 
Have a lovely weekend. Yeah, also Ghost I, I did the exact thing. I'm like, which part of the game was that? I don't remember that. So I wonder, has there been content? Is he talking added? about the, like the literal end? Maybe. Do you think? No, because there's there's two endings, right? And the one, the the hard hard boss is like the special ending. You got to do a whole lot of shit to fight it, right? But that's the multi phase one. I don't know. You fight it like three times and it's like the ghost. Okay, Jared, you have to tell us. <laughs> yeah, because that sounds many, like you're literally How many at the hours end, like, into this game are you? Um, that's the only ghost multi-phase thing I can think about or multi-ghost. multi Because there's a couple of bosses. Be- I don't, I don't know, I remember, remember anything. <laughs> Tunic, one of our most lauded games of last year. I can't remember I shit know, about you, it. You're saying that and I'm trying to think of all the bosses and I can think of... This, Big this robot garden, thing, garden knight. Yeah, thing. The, the the garden knight. Wasn't there a bird? It was a bird. Or am I, am, am I conflating it with Death's Door now? Well, I, maybe. <laughs> it's the same game. I mean, come on. Well, Fuck. to get to get back to the question, what game was recommended to you by someone that you struggled with or did not enjoy? Uh, I'll come out and say um, that I I do not have an answer for this, but mostly because a I'm a very fussy person when it comes to games and movies and series and i only i like very very carefully nitpick what i want to play i could give it a lot of thoughts um mm-hmm. and i've had it where i don't think i've ever had it where i've played something and gone like oh man what a waste of my time the best example i can give though is that i had a friend for years he's like you just got to play dark souls you will love this game uh. and i was like <laughs> i probably would i just no desire to play it no time no whatever and look at me now. Eventually, I got into that franchise, and he was right. Dark Souls is uh, some good crack. So I don't know. Do you have any any games recommended to you? Um, so I'd say like two. Um, so one of them would be like the Yakuza series. I don't not enjoy them. I just don't think I enjoy them as much as the people who really love them do. Mm. Like I'm still playing through Yakuza 0, but I, I don't feel as captivated as I think I should be. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just expecting something greater than what it really is. But I don't dislike it and I still like kind of want to get to it and finish playing it. Mm. Um, I think the other big one, which is not so much as someone specifically recommended it to me as it was like everyone in the world is recommending it. <laughs> Um, and that, Ring. that's mm. well, definitely <laughs> no. Uh, Skyrim. I just, uh, I remember at the time, I had never played an Elder Scrolls. I knew of Oblivion, but I'd never played it. Mm-hmm. And then Skyrim is coming out, and everyone's like, "This is going to be the second coming of RPGs." And I just, I actively dislike that game. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's boring. Um, For- and I don't, I just don't get it. Um, so. Well, that's a fun fact is that I myself have never even touched Skyrim ever. Fun, like a- funnily enough, I was speaking to Jeff and he asked me this week, he's like, did you enjoy Skyrim? And I was like, that's a random question. But I was like, no, not really. He's like, Hogwarts Legacy is like Skyrim, but Harry Potter. So I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, 100%. That is 100%. <laughs> it is Skyrim, Harry Potter, except without the good side quests. So Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I listened to a podcast. Have you heard of Lex Friedman? 
Um, yes, I have. So through he, people at work, yeah. So he he interviewed Todd Howard actually uh, oh, on wow. an episode. So it was recommended to me by good pal John Michael Michael, and he said, "Yeah, like um, our boy Todd was on Lex Friedman. You know, it's boy very Todd. interesting." Yeah, we love memeing on Todd Howard just because he's Todd Howard and he says like the most absurd shit. Um, but yeah, he, so I listened to that interview and it's like very long. I think it was mm. an hour and a half, two hours, but just very interesting to hear, you know, Todd Howard speak about how, you know, his career making games. And I was like, shit, like I should play Skyrim because it is this, you know, this milestone in gaming. Maybe not for you, but for a lot of people. People going like, shit, oh, Skyrim yeah. is I'm, like... I'm 100% an outlier in that And regard, I'm like, yeah. the only way... I could play Skyrim on PC or Game Pass for dirt cheap, but the only way I'll actually finish Skyrim is on the Switch because it exists mm. on the Switch. Mm. But it is still like 1,200 Rand. Oh, fuck that. No way. <laughs> so like, don't, don't pay that. for uh, Skyrim wasn't yeah. that when it came out. Like, no, that's inflation. So I'm like, I need to... I need to like it's the sort of thing I need to keep an eye out for a sale or like even a physical copy, maybe yeah. take a lot or cash converters will have like a dirt cheap copy and <laughs> then I'll pick it up. You know, I'm not going to pay that price for a game that is that no, old that, now. That, that's obscene. Um, I would I would not, no. Yeah, but it, it, it's funny because I think it runs like a dream on Switch purely because it was a last, last old gen game. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Super so old. it'll look like it's absolutely fine on the Switch. It, it ran like trash on yeah. PS3. Like yeah, good. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, I thought I have to play that before Starfield just to... Because I've played Fallout 3 and I've played... Um, Did you play 4? I played... No, I never played 4. I played... Yeah, 4 sucked. I played a bit of Skyrim back in the day and like, I enjoyed them. So, mm. I don't know. I mean, I've sorry, not Skyrim, uh, Oblivion. I've always found it odd that I love... Like, Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games of all time, but Skyrim doesn't click with me because they are the same game. They're literally the well, same game. you know that I never finished Fallout 3. And I'll tell you why. I played it. I was so into Fallout 3 and I played it and I did all the side shit until I hit the level cap and I stopped playing. You're just like... Uh, A much younger me was like... Yeah, a much younger me was like... I, I've got nothing to grind for anymore. It had, <laughs> just oh, it, it had such good DLC at the time as well, like expansions, like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, but I, I remember hitting that level, like I distinctly remember hitting that level cap and just being like, oh, I, I can't go higher than this and I just the, stopped playing. You missed out because the end of that I, game I is bonkers. I, I it's really bonkers. <laughs> it goes so off the rails in the but, most spectacular way. But it also like, just shows that like I must have put a, a shit ton of time into that game. Yeah, you must have put <laughs> tons of time into it to do that. Holy shit. I don't know. Um, um, you must show John Michael Michael the very awkward photo I have with Todd Howard. Oh, you must send it It was to the him. very first E3. I ran into Todd Howard as he was leaving the Xbox booth and asked if I could take a photo. And I have this photo where I've got like my arm around Do you him, have a, have but a I'm not him. touching. <laughs> <laughs> That's Photoshop. It's so awkward. Don't tell me it's, other. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> oh, we actually have, sorry, another question popped up on Instagram from Mrs. Very Angry, who asks, oh. uh, do you guys still play Marvel Snap? You know, I've tapered off, eh? Um, I'm still there. I, <laughs> I it's mostly because of just time. I just haven't yeah. had the time. Um, but I'm also kind of getting bored of my deck, and I don't really know what to do about it. So, what deck yeah. are you playing? I'm still playing a Wong deck. I oh, know. Okay, I did the same. You got to You got to You got to branch out because also like, oh, like this deck's great, but like I'm a bit over it. So I built uh, a destroy deck and a 
a Patriot deck. I'm sure you've seen these in the wild. Mm. And the Patriot deck has, it took me to, I mean, I'm not hitting infinity rank here, but it took me to rank 50 last season, which I was like, damn, it took me, it was a grind, but I got you. And it is a lot of fun to play. Uh, the destroy. I don't know when I should play it. Wolverine got a buff, man, making him slightly more viable in destroy decks or discard. I, I mean, decks. I, I, I was playing. I was playing a destroy deck before the Wong deck with mm. like a Carnage and a Wolverine and a blah, and that I got bored of. That's why I moved to Wong. Okay. But if he's been buffed, hmm. go give if you have mm. Patri- Patriots and Mystique and onslaughts. I do. Oof, I do that that deck is. Real strong. The, the Wong deck I find very fun when I when I draw the cards I do, but when yeah. I don't, boy, there's fuck all you can do with that. So deck. I, I'm gonna I'm send you my my Patriot deck. It's it's pretty versatile. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, we. Well, I'm I'm still playing definitely. Oh, the new season started like a week or so ago, didn't mm. it? Or yeah, I had a friend at work who got to Infinity rank. Wow. I can't believe this. <laughs> and then last question, just in time, because we've got 15 minutes before my power goes. From good, good pal Cello, who's actually in South Africa, played some, oh. some CS last night, was a good time, who asks, if you had to be eaten alive by an animal, what animal would it be? <laughs> Go fucking back to wherever you came from, Cello. Jesus. Go back to South Korea, you. <laughs> Go back to South Korea. Go back to North Korea. Oh God damn it. <laughs> See, this is a tricky question because you know, okay, you, you have to. You, you're gonna. Is die it a single point. animal or numerous? It doesn't specify. Okay, um, I don't think that actually makes animal, a difference thinking yeah. about it. I mean, what are you looking to get? Numer- numerous might just or? make it faster. <laughs> like what? A, what animal would would actually kill you in a quickly, a, in a quickly, and like a not so painful way? Probably a lion. I don't know. I have visions of a lion like mangling my leg and then my arm, and I'm no, like, no, oh. they go, they go. I mean, if you're oh, running away, sure, the, but yeah, they, they go, go for the, the jugular. They they don't fuck around. Yeah, a wild say, dog would be the worst because oh they they will eat you alive, pieces, literally. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was thinking like, I don't, I wouldn't really want to die to a snake. But is there a snake that poisons you and just makes you like, just numbs you? It's like ah, oh, like I can't feel anything, or hmm, or is it like a slow, like painful? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, or, a snake or like a scorpion thing. <gasps> Could I say a bee? But I'm not allergic to bees. <laughs> then it would just go into anaphylactic shock like really quickly. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was just a condition. Like it'll be a bee, but I have to be allergic to bees. Yeah, I mean, you have I to think that would be pretty fast. It could be a swarm of bees and they just sting you oh, to Jesus, death. Painfully. That will not be fun. That will not be fun. <laughs> what if, um, what if we, we have a middle ground and I'll say I go for a swim and I get... What what animal would like drown me? Because apparently drowning. What animal is... would drown you? <laughs> like just come up and like shove your head underwater. Maybe like, like if if it's a crocodile, for example, or like I've watched anaconda. Okay, if, if I'm just being constricted <laughs> and suffocating, maybe it's not so painful. I don't know. Because <laughs> um, apparently, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where the source for this comes from, but apparently, drowning is like a not so the painful. worst death. No, no, apparently not. Burning. I've heard it's the worst death in the world. Drowning. Yeah, because you're completely aware. Like no, you but can I've... feel all the water going into your lungs, and mm. I've read it's know. not pleasant. I mean, but I'm not going to say it's worse than burning. That no, sounds burning, absolutely yeah, abhorrent. Sounds like, like yeah. no, burning sounds awful. Like, yeah, I hate this I, I've heard drowning's <laughs> not a great, not a great time. Shit. 
I don't know. I would but. like to die from a dog who hand delivers me 10 sleeping pills on a platter <laughs> and then makes me swallow them. <laughs> this is awfully specific. <laughs> I'd like to be killed by an army of cats cuddling me. <laughs> yeah, they be they actually just suffocate you very they suffocate slowly. you. I go I can't yeah. breathe, but it's so cozy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, like out. all those videos where people lie on the floor and they get like twenty Labrador puppies to like stampede on them. That's a good way to go. My goodness, yeah, I choose that, but with kittens. But if I want to be serious, I I don't know, fucking, I yeah, I I think I'd still go for like a lion because that'd probably kill me quite quickly. Mm. So and that's all I'd want. There's going to be if I have to choose death, then. I don't know. There's still that initial thing of the panic I'm not going to run away. I'm just going to fucking stand there, just be like, come you at me. You say that until you see this me. absolute unit of a line sprinting towards you. Go, oh shit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. I don't want to see that. My goodness. When you were talking about water animals, I was thinking of a hippo, but I don't think that's a great time either. I think a hippo will fuck your shit. Uh, hippos kill a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. um, they're like the most deadly animal in Africa. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Just trample you to death. And have you seen them teeth? Chill out. Tell us. They're like a punch card in your leg. (laughs) Chill out. Tell us what animal you you choose to. uh, I bet it's going to be some dumb answer. It's going to be like an obvious. Oh, the this unique. Oh my god, a spider that bites you and killed. No, thank you. No, no. (gasps) Do you know what wouldn't be a good one? Is like a gorilla. Oh no! Because they like rip your arms off. (sighs) Ah no. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but Didn't yeah. we have this question? Like who would win in a fight between a gorilla and a orangutan? I, I think we've had similar questions. Oh my God. Trust Chiller to just come out. And yeah, just... and I, yeah, I swear that was a Chiller yes. thing. And I think he didn't like our answer. <laughs> so I did not like these answers either. Uh, but that is all the questions for this week. We've got 10 minutes to spare. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it, uh, which means... This has been another great episode of Checkpoint Chat, episode 214, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, and thank you so much for waiting just ever so slightly so that we could talk about Atomic Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope you have a lovely week. I hope the weather stays nice and pleasantly temperate. Chile. Much mm-hmm. to Matt, Matty's dismay. I, I don't mind um, it. It's just it's been rainy for too long now. Okay, go run the rain. Oh, well, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for all the support. And we will see you next time. Okay, bye. Goodbye.